over again. But the reality is our communities are always in motion and we're always in motion. You know, we change, our life situations change. You know, that's kind of an interesting uh, a, a factor of this process of building a sense of place in a particular community is that the place that was perfect for you when, say, your kids were little and this was a great place for them to grow up might not work for you anymore when they're out of the house or when other things about your life have changed. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Hello, Persisters and Brothers. It's such a beautiful, beautiful week for me, and I hope it is for you as well. I am recording this on June the 12th, 2023, but it will play clearly uh, later down the line. I have a number of podcasts in the queue. I'm so excited because I have Melody Wernick coming on the podcast, Wernick coming on the podcast today. And Melody is somebody that I connected with when I was living in Alaska and just about ready to move across country to Chattanooga, Tennessee during the pandemic. She is a freelance writer and that's how I met her. Melody was actually doing a story where I got to be featured. It was the 2021 Women's Day Magazine, uh, December edition. It was a Christmas story on something nice that a person may have done for you in the past. And so I was trying to thank my dear friend, Shelly. And Melody was the reporter or the, the journalist. And so I got to know her just a little bit then. And there I found out that she'd written a couple of books that sounded intriguing. I meant to download them. And then I got busy in the move. About a year or so later, I made a friend named Chip who has a podcast called Home Where We Belong. He lives here in Chattanooga, too. Highly recommend the podcast, Home Where We Belong. And Melody was his first guest. So I really, it's like, oh, neat. we were meant to connect. We were meant to connect. So just a little bit about Melody. She is the author of This Is Where You Belong, Finding Home Wherever You Are. And she has written for the Reader's Digest, Women's Day, Slate, Guardian. And she has a newer book that she's going to talk to you about also. And it's all based on laying down roots and creating community wherever you are. Basically, you know that song, Love the One You're With? If you're old like me, you'll remember it from your childhood. Well, how about love the place you're with, that you're at? And so she has a couple of amazing books. She's a fabulous writer, a mom, and uh, has moved a ton. I'm excited because laying down roots and finding community is a huge part of this podcast. And so whenever I write or whenever I talk to people about whatever situation they're going through in coaching, learning community basics, learning how to get to a place where you have people you can call on or that they can call on you, that you feel like you belong. That is critical for all of us 
saying this on the neck of just coming back from my family reunion. And for those who don't know me, I didn't meet my father till I was in my 20s. I was 20 years old. Didn't get to know the extended family really hardly at all until I was in my 40s when my kids were grown and I could afford to go back and forth to Kentucky for family reunions. Well, I decided to move to Tennessee. That's pretty close to the Kentucky family. And all this time, I haven't had a family reunion in several years. None of us have, right? Because we had a pandemic. When I was young, even in my early 40s, and I would come to family reunion, I'd get so anxious. And inevitably, there were so many aunts and uncles and cousins and things. And I just get overwhelmed in a crowd of more than three people. If I commit to an event and then suddenly there are more than three or four people, I am anxious the entire time until I'm in the middle of it. Then I calm down. But I, if I know it's going to be more than three people, it's too much. <laughs> so imagine a huge family that you didn't know, but they're very colorful. So this one uncle, when I was in my 40s, came back to the family reunion, hadn't been there in years. And first thing he says is, you find a man yet? And then another uncle walked up to him and this uncle says to him, hey, this is Lisbeth. She can't find a man. And that became a funny theme for all of the family reunions when I go, well, I haven't been in many years. And I kind of thought about that as some of the uncles have died. Sure enough, the same uncle who started the conversation makes a mention of, did I have boyfriends? Is that or the other thing? But then he moved on. He's just funny as can be. And at the end of the family reunion, I hear him saying to one of my young nieces in her 20s, did you find a man? You better find a man. It's time to do it. You're going to need that. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is where I feel like I belong. I suddenly don't feel like the outsider in this family. I belong with these nutty, fun, amazing people. I didn't back away from the family reunion without getting advice. He followed me. I mean, kind of, and I'm being dramatic, but... He let me know that I was wasting my money by not buying a home just yet in Tennessee. So at least I got some advice and I knew I was cared about. And I think Melody will talk to us about when do you feel, when do you make community? How do you make new friends when you're somewhere different? What does it take to get to that place where we feel like we belong? That's the ultimate thing. So I'm so excited to have Melody Warnick here today. I'll introduce her in just a tiny little second. Thanks as ever for being here. I also want to let you know patrons will under patrons are going to get a workshop soon on how to get publicity for your business or your writing for free. And so some of the steps that I got melody, I got national, uh, I got into national publications like the New York Times, Women's Day Magazine, Reader's Digest using these tips. So I'm going to teach that for patrons. Uh, membership is at least $2 a month or $5 a month or whatever you want to pay. So consider being a patron. I'll introduce you to Melody in just a second and have a delightful listen here. Melody, thank you so much for being here, Melody Warnick. And I really appreciate you being on Persistence U. And before we get started, I gave your intro. What is the name of your newest book? So my new book, which came out last year, is called If You Could Live Anywhere. And it is about that decision that a lot of people are in the position to make of 
you know, I'm not tied to my place by my job. Where do I want to go? Right. And so the book is, you know, really about the the decisions people make, the journeys they go on to kind of decide what really matters to them in a community and how do they find that place that's going to be right for them. That is a great title. I that is fabulous. Now, your your own story because this is the second book on the same theme and I know and I told the listeners you have moved a good bit. But how yeah, tell us about yourself and when you came to the point where you knew like, wow, this is something I've done a lot of. I have something to share about this because we all need community. So it's funny. um, When I was writing the book, um, I had just pretty recently moved to a new town in Virginia and it was coming on the heels of moving about five or six times in 12 years, which to me was like, so much because I had grown up in Southern California, never moved a single time as a child, you know, until I went off to college. And I was really thinking to myself, man, we are just so mobile. (laughs) We're just moving and moving. And then the book um, came out and I met people who had moved like 40 times in 40 years. So very much put it in perspective (laughs) that, you know, the number of moves I had done was pretty minor compared to a lot of people. But to me, it really was, it it felt like we were moving all the time. And by we, I mean, me and my husband and later our two kids, we met at the end of college and moved across the country for a job in Maryland and then moved to Utah to be a little closer to family and then moved to Iowa for grad school and then to Texas for that first job out of school and then moved to Virginia for another job which I think is pretty typical for a lot of people, especially when you're in your 20s and early 30s, you just tend to kind of find yourself moving around a lot. But what I realized is that every time you land in a place, you're kind of going through this process of, do I like it here? You know, does this place feel like a fit for me? How do I make friends here in this community? How do I make this place feel like home? And, um, you know, we had done that in several communities. And I sort of noticed that some places that happened a little easier than in others, you know, like some places just feel like a fit. You meet people really quickly and other places you kind of struggle for a while. And I wasn't really sure why that was happening. But then, you know, we landed in Blacksburg, Virginia. My husband took a job at Virginia Tech University here. And right away, I was like, I hate it. <laughs> you know, I we had come with these high hopes that this town would be a great place to, to settle down and raise kids. We had heard lots of lovely things about it. But I think it was just that it was different. You know, I had never lived in this part of the country. And um, I think it just you know, there's just a culture shock that happens when you move to a new place. It just doesn't feel like home for a while. And I think my first response to that situation of discomfort is always, well, let's pack it in and we'll move again. You know, like this didn't work out. We're just going to try again someplace else. I really kind of had it in my mind that it's the place, you know, if you find the right place, you're happy. If you end up in the wrong place, you're not happy. But here I was in this situation where, you know, my husband started this new job and my kids were in school and we had moved a lot. 
And I realized that we couldn't just keep moving and moving and hunting for this, you know, mythological, perfect utopia that was going to, you know, make us happy and solve our, all our problems. Uh, I realized that this was maybe on me to figure out what I needed to do to feel happy in this place, in this little town that I'd ended up. And so that really kind of started the journey that ended up in my book, This Is Where You Belong, is sort of that process of uncovering what it takes to make a place that you maybe don't love feel like home, feel like a place where you want to put down roots. I like this. The lessons inside it are so important, even for people who aren't moving, because we all need community. But some of us live live in communities where there's constant moving, whether they're a military family somewhere or if you live in Alaska, especially in some of the bigger cities there, there were always good, good friends that you make and love and adore. And then they leave. And then, you know, (laughs) you get used to another group of friends and then one by one. They leave and you either have to make a decision, I'm going to trail and follow them or find my perfect utopia, or maybe I'm going to figure out how to continue to rebuild and find a place where I belong, create the place where I belong. Right. Well, and what you realize and what, you know, this, what you just said makes this point perfectly is it's not a once and done thing. It would be great if it was, you know, you move to community, you do some work to really settle in, to make friends and build this community for yourself. And and that's it. And then you never have to worry about it ever again. But the reality is, our communities are always in motion and we're always in motion. You know, we change, our life situations change. You know, that's kind of an interesting uh, a, a factor of this process of building a sense of place in a particular community is that the place that was perfect for you when, say, your kids were little and this was a great place for them to grow up might not work for you anymore when they're out of the house or when other things about your life have changed and and I think you're exactly right about friends moving away. Um, you know, we live in a college town, and so that means that has happened to us over and over again. And honestly, just recently, so uh, you know, the spoiler alert is I still live here in Blacksburg. It's been almost eleven years now. Long time. Um, yeah, it's a long time, and especially for you know my husband, he's never lived anywhere in his whole life as long as we've lived here. And, you know, overall, we're really happy here, but we have had some really good friends move recently. And I feel like this winter, it kind of came to a head where it's just like, I don't have any friends here, you know, like I'm, I'm really struggling and kind of feeling lonely again, you know, sort of feeling back to the way I felt when I was new and I didn't know anyone. And it made me start thinking about moving again, (laughs) just that, that default of, you know, well, this, this town has run its course for us and we've seen people leave and you kind of get that anxiety about, you know, being left behind. And, and, um, I, I kind of, you know, wallowed in that for a few months this winter of just feeling like maybe this isn't the right place anymore. Maybe we do need to start thinking about moving. And then just, you know, I finally realized 
that I sort of had to start the work over again. You know, when I was new in Blacksburg, I discovered this concept called place attachment. I didn't discover it. I I learned about it for myself. And it's this scientific term in, in, you know, the scientific literature for psychologists and sociologists that denotes that feeling of connectedness that we have to the place where we live, that feeling of love and affection and attachment. Um, and it's really good for us and it's good for our communities. And place attachment develops through behaviors. We can sort of nudge it along for ourselves by engaging in certain behaviors that help us develop that relationship with our town. And um, I did a lot of those when we were new in Blacksburg and had kind of gotten to a point where I was on autopilot and felt like I'm attached here. Everything's great. And I realized I needed to sort of go back to that menu of, of behaviors and do some of those again. And, you know, we had some friends over this weekend for a fire pit in our backyard. And I realized we kind of hadn't hosted anyone for a while and, the relationships we'd had, we'd sort of let drift a little. And um, you can only do that for so long. And then you sort of have to make a renewed effort to build community for yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't happen automatically. And if you ignore it for a while, even a carefully crafted community of friends can start to disintegrate even more so when people are moving away. So it is something that you just need to kind of intentionally, consciously work at over time, you know, no matter how long you've lived in your place. I like it, especially after two years of most of us not being able to see each other very freely whatsoever. Um, you know, friendships shift, you know, content yeah. shifted in a sense. And so when we come out of it, it's not easy. It's not automatic and easy to get back into feeling a part of things again. It's easier for me at least to feel like I'm the odd person out. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, summer, I don't have that struggle as much, but in wintertime, definitely. So what are some of the things that you did during that period where you're building community, where you committed to, I'm not going to run this time. Uh, this may <laughs> not be my dream place at this moment, but I'm not going to run. I'm going to stay here and develop roots and community. What were a few of the things that you did that frankly people could do even now if they're at their home, but things have shifted. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's interesting you mentioned COVID because I think in some ways, COVID, you know, even though we were apart, there was a consciousness of what we were missing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a group of friends that did Zoom trivia nights every Saturday night during COVID for, you know, like a year. And we take turns hosting these trivia games. And I think it was because no one had anything else going on. And, and we missed each other. We had a sense of, of what we were missing. And now I feel like we're back to this point where everyone's really busy. You know, we just have lots of activities going on and that making that time to actually be with people um, just isn't a priority anymore. And, and I think it's starting to, I, at least for me, I've started to notice that taking a toll. So I think that's maybe the first thing that I would suggest for someone who is in a town where, you know, maybe they're new or maybe they've been there for a while, but, um, you know, reach out to people. <laughs> and when you're new, that's so hard. It has this very awkward, you know, asking someone out on a date quality, like, exactly. because 
you meet someone um, and you're like, oh, I think I think I'd like to get to know them a little better. You know, maybe they could be my friend. It's so awkward <laughs> moving someone to the next stage in the relationship. But, you know, asking someone to lunch or inviting them to a movie, something sort of low stakes, I think, um, is really important. And it takes effort. You know, often you have to host, you have to be the one to invite rather than to just wait around and be invited and be depressed because no one invited you to something. Um, So, you know, it means okay, we're going to be the ones to have someone over, or I'm going to extend the invitation to lunch. So I think just having that mindset of being, being the host, being the person to invite people is important to developing that sense of community. Second, I would say, show up, (laughs) show up uh, when you're invited to things. I had a friend here in Blacksburg, she has since moved away, but um, I noticed that she hadn't lived here very long and yet she seemed to be very rich in friends. And I asked her what her strategy was. And she said, I made uh, a deal with myself when I moved here that anytime I was invited to anything, I would say, yes, I would just go. And, and it didn't matter. And so very quickly, because of that behavior, that decision to say yes to any invitation, she ended up um, going on vacation with people she didn't know very well simply wow. be- because they invited her. She, you know, went to happy hours and she went to concerts and things like that. And she just sort of, and, and she was an introvert, you know, she claimed that this, she was not a huge extrovert, but simply kind of opening herself up to other people's overtures of friendship turned into these, you know, really deepening um, you know, rapidly deepening relationships. So I think showing up when people invite you places and also showing up to community events. I always recommend that people, you know, especially if you're new to a community, find your town's Facebook group. Almost every town I feel now has some sort of Facebook group where people kind of gather and share what's going on in town or, you know, sign up for your town's community events listing. And just start going to stuff, go to the community festival and the, you know, local nonprofit movie theater or the concerts in the park summer, like you said, is a great time to do this so much easier than in winter. And, you know, that helps you feel plugged into your community and what's going on, but it also puts you around people. And sometimes those interactions can actually turn into relationships. But I find that even if they don't, even if, you know, the person you kind of have the quick conversation with at the concert in the park doesn't become a fixture in your life, there is also social value to be had from kind of those loose tie relationships where you just sort of have, you know, some sort of quick back and forth with someone and it makes you feel good. And then maybe you see them at the grocery store or something like that. And you start to feel like, I know people in this community. I'm a part of things. Um, The last thing I would say is uh, focus on your neighborhood and your immediate neighbors. That has sort of gone out of style. There was a day when people really socialized often with their neighbors. You'd have bunko games and, um, you know, cocktail hours with the people who lived on your street. And now I think more people are like, leave me alone. I I don't want to, you know, I've worked all day and I'm tired and I don't want to have these conversations. 
I encourage people to reach out even in minor ways to their neighbors. Um, one thing I, I write about in the book, and the book is full of my descriptions of, I, I did what I call love where you live experiments, which were these little sort of behavior modifications that were meant to help me build place attachment in Blacksburg. And one of the things I write about is taking banana muffins around to my neighbors, which is so cheesy, right? It sounds like it's, you know, from the 1950s. Yeah. Um, But it, it really broke the ice with a lot of neighbors that we hadn't talked with before that turned into inviting some people over for dinner And, and simply building trust to the point where, you know, when I was late coming back from an appointment, it was a neighbor who watched my daughter who was getting off the school bus and I wasn't home yet. So I think, you know, reaching out in sort of the, you know, that immediate neighborhood, even just to say hello, introduce yourself is one of the important things that help you feel sort of locked in place in a good way, you know, that this is your community. Right. I love that. And I, I think I've heard you talk about animals too before that kids and animals connect you. They're like a, almost like a business card. If you have children (laughs) raising you, it's easier to meet other parents and a a dog. If you're walking, it's, um, you know, people respond to that. It turns out that I don't have a dog. I have cats. They're not, you know, they don't go. (laughs) They're not very walkable. (laughs) Not very walkable, but it turns out living in a community where there are a lot of animals and I live in a very animal friendly uh, apartment complex. It's amazing how many people you meet and it does break down the barriers. And another thing I found being fresh from Alaska, moving to Chattanooga, and I really feel like the cultural differences I should have anticipated more greatly, but like I could have moved to Vietnam and at least I would have known that there was going to be cultural differences. But <laughs> this was huge, but it's really exciting. But the other thing is doing uh, either volunteer work. I know you've talked talk about this a little bit, doing volunteer work, finding a place to serve and or for me gig work. So I, you know, I'm like you, I'm a writer that leaves me alone a lot of the time. It's not that cool when it comes to making friends. But on the other hand, I did some substitute teaching and met some wonderful people and certainly kids. And through children's eyes, you get to know the community in a way you might not have otherwise. And it's good. And temporary work, maybe for some people or, you know, like uh, volunteering at events or fundraisers. It just can be a neat way to, to develop community, but also get to see where you fit. Yeah, those are such good points. And and I have found those to be true in my life. You know, I write in the book about volunteering. And at the point where I wrote about it, I was kind of, um, I I talked about volunteering at the Lyric, which is our nonprofit movie theater downtown. But I was sort of like a substitute volunteer. I would just kind of like sign up and take shifts, um, you know, here and there whenever I had a chance. But um, during COVID, I became a regular Monday night team member, you know, my daughter and I go every single Monday night, that is our shift. And we've totally developed relationships with the other people on the shift where I feel like they're my friends, you know, we're not doing stuff outside of this one engagement a week, but having that, you know, knowing I'm going to come and I'm going to see Betty and I'm going to see Diana, I'm going to see Tim, like there's something really comforting about that. Um, and, and I absolutely agree about work too, which is weird because 
you know, I wrote my second book, If You Could Live Anywhere, really kind of like thinking about people who are remote workers and and can live anywhere. But I that was me for a long time. I was a freelance writer and worked from home. But about a year and a half ago, I took you know, my first full-time job in a long time at the University of Virginia Tech, where I continue to be a writer. I'm doing very similar work, but my social circle because of that has expanded so dramatically. And I'm not, you know, nothing against remote work or, you know, being a solo practitioner. That was really wonderful for a long time. But when you're in a new place and really want to feel more socially connected, that's helpful, honestly. It truly, truly is. And I just feel like even if a person has remote work, if they could take one shift a week somewhere, if they're in a new community, like I work retail now, one, now it'll be one shift soon. It'll dwindle down to one shift a week, but some of the nicest women in the world that I work with and customers as well, but it gets me out. Yes. Surveying all of those things. And that's really important as a older person who moved across the world, you know, basically. So yeah. I, like that. I like that so much. Your movie theater place sounds like heaven. <laughs> Virginia now. No. I know. Right. Exactly. You are welcome. Everyone's welcome <laughs> to come to Blacksburg. Well, and it's funny too, you know, I, uh, when my family moved here and struggled at the beginning, but, you know, made this really concerted effort to put down roots here and successfully, you know, like it didn't happen immediately, but it was kind of over time doing these acts of place attachment, you know, that were designed to make me feel more in love with Blacksburg. You know, I did things like shopping at the farmer's market or voting for local elections and, um, you know, picking up trash on the side of the the road. Um, And all these things kind of cumulatively over time made me feel at home here. But one of the things that my husband and I uh, said is we really want to allow our kids to stay in one place for a while and ideally graduate from high school here. Well, our kids were kindergarten and fifth grade when we moved here. They started those grades right after we arrived. And our older daughter is off at college and our younger daughter is about to be a junior in high school. So we're kind of getting to that point where we said we wanted to, you know, where we're going to have gotten our our children through school here. And so all of a sudden we're having these discussions about, do we want something else? Do we want to, do we want to move elsewhere? And, you know, there is, I think humans have this really intrinsic pull toward novelty where we just, we love change after a while. We hate feeling stagnant. And so, you know, it's something that we're talking about, but we're also talking about, look at all the social capital we've built over time in this place. And, you know, I think it's something that sometimes people don't always look at is, you know, all those, those webs of relationships that you've built in a community. Even if if they're not, you know, your hangout buddies, but they're people that you know, that, you know, you recognize when you're around town. And we're really trying to think hard about what would we give up by moving from Blacksburg? And is that worth it? And no decisions as of yet. So, I, you know, I can't tell you what conclusion we've come to. But I do know that, you know, being 
loyal to a community, doing the work to create a, a sense of community and make friends there. It's it's hard and it's not something to give up lightly, but if you do move, you know what to do in the next community. And it sounds like you've absolutely done that in Chattanooga to kind of make those connections for yourself in a new place. Thank you. And But like you said, things change. And so we have to redo them, even if we stay put. Yes. So I yes. Be, you know, I, my walking buddy will be moving next January. Had he not mentioned this, it wouldn't have given me that sense of dread for the next six months. <laughs> That and then, you know, my neighbors, I could tell one is going to move. Well, a couple are going to move. And, you know, we have a sweet community. We celebrate each other's birthdays. We mm-hmm. do things a little bit at the pool. We talk to each other. But all of life, it's about change. And this will end. I found winter to be devastatingly isolating. Very cold here, which surprised me. And uh, dark and it's going to be for all of us. We have to remember that the same skill set that you're talking about developing, we have to pull it out again and again. Yes. Whether we stay where we're living or we decide to move, we're going to have to continually put in the effort, but it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Said perfectly, Lizbeth. I won't even add anything else. I that. think it's so neat that you have really focused some of your writing and given the world this bird's eye view because. We don't talk about it. We really don't talk about the awkward feeling of trying to make new friends and make a new community when you're grown up. You still feel like a junior high insecure kid. It's like being oh, yeah. at the table, not the cool kid anymore. So I think it's great that you've done this. So can you name your books again? And where can listeners reach out, get your books, and then follow you? And you do a lot of writing for different, uh, pub- have done a lot of writing for different publications. Probably scaling back on that as you. Yes, with that new job. So exciting, Um, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, But yes, the the first book is called This Is Where You Belong. And the second book is called If You Could Live Anywhere. And they are available where books are sold, but, you know, always online at, you know, bookshop.org or Amazon. And you can also find links to them at my website, which is my name, melodywarnick.com. I have a newsletter that you can sign up for. You can download a free workbook from the second book about, you know, making decisions of, you know, what is your right place. And um, I send that out sporadically. So you will not be inundated with email, but it comes every few months. I love that. Yes, Good for you. It's always a surprise when it comes. <laughs> Good for you. I really like that. It sounds like it's going to be meaningful also. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for that awesome Women's Day experience. And also just connecting with you helped have give me something fun as I'm working on as I, you know, made the big move. So I'm so glad to see you again. And uh, you'll, you'll be finding me at your Monday night movie theater. <laughs> You are welcome. I will be there popping popcorn. You will get free popcorn. It's actually free popcorn Monday. So it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Elizabeth. I'm glad we could reconnect. Oh, you as well. Thank you so much, Melody. I hope you enjoyed Melody as much as I did. I will just say building community, making community, having it, sustaining it, that is all of life. And just like the family reunion, feeling like part of something, feeling a part of where you live. And if you don't, 
figuring out what you can do, even if you've lived there 35, 40 years, what can you do to rebuild community or build it the first time is so important. It's an important topic. So hopefully give a look over at Melody's books. And she is a dear, a delightful person. And have a terrific week. You know, we have more than 100 episodes on the backlist. Find me at lameredith.com and jump on my uh, email list and you'll get one like Melody said. You'll get one when you get one. No rhyme or reason, but usually it's about two to three times a month. Take good care. Appreciate you being here so very much. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.